Hi, friends. I am so excited to be here today with my friend, Rebecca, who is a fellow netcaster from Netcast Church in Danvers, and she's a birthing doula, and she is, before we hit record, she's teaching me all about what that is, and and I just, I, I think it's amazing, and um, just welcome, Rebecca. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me tonight. Yeah. Can you, can you tell us about, you know, just about some of your walk with Jesus? Yeah. Um, basically I grew up in the church my whole life. I'm not a new Englander. I am a Midwestern girl. Um, so I not got the hard skin as a new Englander, but I'm got real tenderhearted, um, Midwestern girl in my core. Um, but, um, I, Grew up in the church my whole life. Church was super comforting to me. I grew up in a a Nazarene church. If you've ever heard of a Nazarene Mm -hmm. church. Um, I probably made some commitments to the Lord. Probably when I was very young, you know, going down the altar as a very young child, but I didn't know what that was. I didn't, I I probably just, it was the culture. Mm -hmm. I lived in the Bible Belt. I grew up in Muncie, Indiana. And I was, you know, it was totally the culture to be, uh, in Christian, but in the Christian um, lingo and what people did was go down the altar and get saved. But I had no idea what it was really like to pursue Jesus. Um, I was a super wild teenager, um, pretty much, you know, it was such the culture to be a Christian that everybody went to church every Sunday morning, every Sunday night, every Wednesday night, but then people partied all the time. And I lived in a college town and it was so much partying. There was a lot of promiscuity going on and um nobody said anything my parents kind of like were involved in ministry my dad was in ministry um we were actually singers we were uh we traveled and sang together (laughs) which is crazy that they had all these wild girls in their family like we were all kind of very much partiers but not on Sundays so um my dad went into full-time ministry when I was 17 um and I ended up staying in Indiana for my senior year of high school. Um, I was pretty wild and pretty much didn't have any parental anything. Like there was no, I could do whatever I wanted. I lived with friends and my senior year and pretty much went wild side. And uh, saying all that, I ended up leaving Indiana, went to Florida with my parents, ended up in in Massachusetts. I actually ended up in Danvers, Massachusetts, um, like in 1990. And my brother actually lived here. My brother was in the ministry uh, up here in Danvers and with his wife. And I went to a church actually in Danvers with him. And I had met a whole bunch of young adults who were on fire for God. And I was like, are they talking about the same Jesus? I mean, I'd heard about, I mean, I grew up in the church. I grew up in a very evangelical church, but I had never seen anybody live on fire like that in my life. Sorry, my kitty. (laughs) Um, I just was blown away by their passion. And I gave my heart to the Lord for real when I was about 20. Mm. And I met my husband um, probably nine months later. And we got married eight months later when we were 21. So we were, we've been married 30 years and I never looked back. And I think that just lots of seeds were planted in my heart when I was a little girl and just kind of was dormant for a very long time. 
Um, and then really came alive when I was a young adult. And um, yeah, I think it was because, you know, I was away from my parents and I was away from, I was around authentic Christians. Not that I didn't have authentic Christians, but this isn't the Bible Belt. So people that are here that are believers are really um, different than the Bible Belt Christians. It's not part of their lifestyle. It's by choice rather than the culture. So um, that's always been a huge thing uh, that that just struck me. Um, and I, my husband and I were in the ministry many years. So now here we are. So that's kind of my backstory with my walk with Jesus. I love that. And I love that um, living on fire for Jesus. Uh, we, before we hit record, I, I've shared this on the podcast before, but you know, I, the way I grew up, I was very, uh, you know, check the box, go to church on Sundays. Um, but once God woke me up, it was like, like you said, like on fire, right? Like the veil was lifted, you know, yeah. like, like, yeah. like Paul, right. The like scales Paul. fell off. Yep. I mean, it's like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, amazing. That's, only God can do that. I, amen. <laughs> amen. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's great. Tell me uh, about this doula journey. <laughs> um, well, I wanted to be a doula for probably 23 years. I heard of it for the first time when my third son was born. I have four sons that are 27, 25, 23, and 21. And when my third son was born, because I had three sons that were all three and a half and under, I thought I was drowning in babies, which I was. Yeah. And yeah. I had heard of postpartum doula at the time. And I was like, that's what I want to do. I don't have to be on call. I can schedule my work with blah, blah, blah. And I was just super excited about it. But every time I went to pursue it, it felt very overwhelming to me. It was a lot of classwork. There was a lot of reading and I had three babies at the time and I just felt super overwhelmed with it. So it just kind of kept put on the back shelf, put on the back shelf and for many years. And it finally came to where I was finally seriously in 2016, like 14 years later, I was finally serious about it. And I finally got like where I was actually working on it all the time. And, um, took me a while to get my certification and you have to go through quite a few steps. You have to support actual people and you have to be doing all the stuff to be a doula. Um, but this was again, postpartum. And that's what I thought I was going to do. Um, I still do postpartum work. I still am um, doing that. But um, in two, uh, night, uh, 2020, right before the pandemic, I had gotten an offer uh, from an agency to be one of their doulas, to be an independent contractor. And I was still pursuing my own business. I have, I still have my own business. Um, and I did that all through the pandemic. I was a postpartum doula, but throughout the pandemic, uh, God started calling me or feel, I started feeling like I needed to pursue being a birth doula, which is basically supporting someone throughout uh, natural or just any type of childbirth. It can be natural or C-section, anything. It's kind of having that advocate, somebody who's supporting, somebody who's um, basically educating. It's a huge education piece of what's going on with your body. Um, it's helping them know how to advocate for themselves. Um, it's basically um, somebody who is uh, holding space and, and supporting 
throughout their birth journey. And um, I started pursuing that during uh, the, the pandemic of summer of 2020. And um, yeah, so God has just been continuing opening doors for my support for moms with birth. Um, not as much postpartum, but it's been a, a birth has been continually um, coming before me. So I feel like God is kind of directing me, redirecting me into birth work. Um, it's really been a passion of mine. I'm super, I want to, I have a real passion for young moms, but I also have a passion for people having a positive and peaceful birth experience because birth trauma is real. Um, when you feel like vulnerable and you don't know what's happening, um, trauma is, can really happen. And there's serious trauma that can happen in birth. So um, a doula can really help with that. So I just started pursuing that and there's lots and lots of doors that have been opening and there's that journey <laughs> that. last year. Yeah. Yeah. So one of, um, as you were sharing your, your testimony, in this area of your life, it, it reminded me of, um, a Psalm 37 where it says, you know, he says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. And I've, I've shared, um, on the podcast before. I love that. Cause it's, it's a, it's a, it's a promise from God that he, he gives us those desires and that he puts them there. What does that mean to you, Rebecca? Well, I just, as you were talking, um, my doula journey has been, uh, it's been a weird thing because um, I've been in ministry a lot of my life with my husband and um, my doula work has been a lot to do with my own personal work uh, by myself, without my children, without my husband it's been my own ministry by myself, mm. which I feel like it is a ministry. Um, but saying all that, um, one of the biggest desires of my heart has been for my children to know Jesus. Mm. And um, I think that God has been, it's been a sanctifying work in my own heart um, to relinquish control and to allow God to work. And, and, and Dan Bird, he say, all the time. I'm sure you know Dan Bird, right? Um, yes. He used yes. to say, uh, he used to say to me, make Jesus the object of your faith, um, not just that you have faith in him, but make him the object of your faith. Look at Jesus, delight yourself in Jesus, and he will bring up the desires of your mm -hmm. heart. And I, I feel like the more I have done that, of just not um, focusing on my, none of, my boys are not following the Lord right now and they all know the truth, but, um, you know, kids go through a time where they just got to figure it out. Right. Yep. But, my, but my youngest son has, has had a huge awakening the last couple of months. And, um, I have the last two years, I've just really been delighting in the Lord and just delighting in my work. But I feel like this has been one of the fruits I've got, gotten to see from that because I'm not, obsessing about my kids and mm -hmm. not obsessing about their spiritual journey. Mm -hmm. So I guess it's kind of a twofold thing. Like, I feel like I have been really just pursuing the Lord in my life. And he has been giving me like at 50, I got my dream job or I got to do my dream career. Um, I've never been a career person. So 
for me to start a business when I was 50 was, it's not normal. <laughs> I don't think. Incredible. That's but, incredible. Yeah. You know, but also just delighting myself and who God is and, and watching his faithfulness has also, um, I've gotten to see the desires of my heart, which is for at least one of my sons, mm-hmm. I can see what God has done in his heart. So it's kind of like a twofold thing, I guess, if that makes sense. Absolutely. You know, see, see both those things. So I just totally enjoyed and, and God has just been teaching me so many things of just, you know, keep your eyes on me, mm-hmm. not the waves around you. And, you know, he's, he, that is the desire of my heart truly as a mother, you know, I really want to see my children, um, fall in love with God mm-hmm. and, uh, but I can't make that happen, but I've been able to actually like put myself as a mom of four, I didn't know how to self care and I didn't know how to put myself on the list of even being a priority. Mm-hmm. So I feel like my doula work has kind of like, it's me doing that. So in the middle of that, of me, like actually pursuing something for myself has actually like, I've gotten to see God work in my son's life without me, like managing it and making sure it happens. Oh, please get the church. You know, like it's, it happened like him crying out to Jesus in his car, you know, like crying. And I was like, what? Like, so I, God works in ways and, and does things that we aren't planning or expecting. So that's been one of the biggest desires of my heart to see that. So, and also my, the work I'm doing. So, yeah. So it's just, it's it's just following his calling in my, my life, I guess the most, I guess that's what that means to me. God is God is good, right? He's yeah, such he a is. good father. Yes, he is. I, it, what you were saying as I was listening reminds me with, with, you know, situations in life and, and, and just with my own children as well, you know, I started praying with my hands open. Right. And mm-hmm. um, I grew up always praying with my hands closed or, you know, in a certain fashion, but as I, especially during this pandemic, as I was crying out to God, I'd be, you know, down on the floor, ugly crying, right? <laughs> Just <laughs> a, a mess of tears. And I, I had my hands open and, you know, he reminded me that it's not just to wait for blessings, right. But it's also to surrender everything mm-hmm. to him, you know, every area, every situation. And that is so challenging, but so freeing. <laughs> when we do it right it's mm-hmm. it's um especially in the i think especially i've learned in the in the area of parenting because like you said we can't control everything and and mm-hmm. you know we can teach them and raise them up but i mean they're going to be, become adults free will comes in i mean we all went through it like yourself i had teenage years were rough <laughs> you know i thank god for prayer intercessors that were praying for me because Mm-hmm. It was a rough time, but, um, but it's, yeah, that, that whole piece of surrender and just, and just giving, giving them, giving everything to God, um, daily challenge for me, but it is so freeing, <laughs> yeah. so freeing. So true. Yeah. And it's really a, um, just, just a trust walk. Yeah. It really is. It's a trust walk. It might, you know, I, I think that when you invest spiritually into your children, um, 
a friend of mine just recently told me, she's like, do you know that there is a part of the Sahara desert that they just started watering that turned into this lush, like forest? Wow. Um, because there was actually, that. there was seeds way under and they just started watering it. Wow. And it just started growing. And it's, it's like, that is very true in, in our, in my own personal life, um, I had heard a lot of truth, but it just didn't like, I didn't see the fruit of that till I was 21. Mm -hmm. Um, and then my own kids, you know, like it's, it's like, I know that there's lots of seeds planted and I just have to just trust that God is going to water it and, and, and that will happen eventually. So, yeah, so it's, it's a, it's a faith, it's a trust walk and it's like surrendering, um, a control and knowing that God is, is working and yeah, it's weird. It's like a weird journey I'm on right now, but I feel like now with my doing birth work, it's, it's like, I have more time, uh, with my son who's really making it. He's just kind of had an awakening about who God is recently in the last couple of months. And I've just been my, I, it's just been a, like a nice rhythm we're in with, I help him take care of his daughter and we spend a lot of time together and we, we go to the gym together and then we worship on the way home. It's just like, what is love going that. on? I love that. <laughs> I don't know what's happening, but it's like really awesome. And I, I'm just like, is this real? I feel like I'm in a dream, but you know, it's just like beautiful. And I, but it's the same time. I feel like God is still allowing, is still allowing me to do work that I'm passionate about, but I'm still available to be here. I'm not working eight hours a day. I'm still able to be home and I, I have such a flex schedule. Obviously when I'm like need to go to a birth, I mean, I'm on call right now for somebody that's due in two weeks and it's all good, but um, you know, it's just like, you know, I'm just kind of like, it's, I'm super available, like to talk to him. Um, he's making new discoveries every day about just his own spiritual walk. And I'm like able to be home. So I think God was kind of drawing me to be doing this particular work so I could be around more and it was you know and also for my granddaughter and you know what I mean so it's it's just been a, a like I could never have planned that and I know it's a God thing and and it's it's one of those things that um it, it God knew just like the sovereignty of God he sees the whole picture um he he knew I was going to need to be home, home more and around and just kind of like my son's been working through so much. He's a young father. He was a dad when he was 18. So, you know, just mentoring him um, with my business name is mommy mentor, but for him, he was kind of like my first postpartum doula client. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like I was the daddy, I was being a daddy mentor, um, but I just been able to teach him a lot about being a dad and being a parent, you know, with his granddaughter, which has been a real blessing and joy for me so just you know all kinds of cool stuff that it's hard to like put all in one little podcast but it's just been really I'm going to write a book eventually so I yes. have a lot of stories <laughs> yes please do please yeah. do and yeah. you know I I think when we get to heaven God is just gonna you know pull out you know something and just and just show us you know we were you know we saw just, you know, this much, right. Just this little much. And, and, and God's just going to say, look at this, like, mm -hmm. look at what, 
I was doing in your life, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and you met this person for this reason. And, mm-hmm. you know, and maybe you did this podcast interview for this reason. And mm-hmm. yeah, God is, God is good. He yeah. Is so good. And he's, yeah. And there's just the, I think the more you draw closer to him mm-hmm. and you start to really see what he's doing, you can really start to see his hand very clearly. Yeah. Um, and how he works and, and, oh, I have this person in my life and I can see them drawing things out of me and, and helping me see things. And mm-hmm. it's, it's really a beautiful thing. And I, I really, um, pr- you know, it's funny. I, I thought about writing this book and I'm like, you know, the fingerprint of God really is on everything. Mm. And I, and I really have thought about that as a title because I, I have really seen that throughout the last few years for sure. Um, with, my journey uh, as a mom and my journey as a doula and uh, just all kinds of things we've been through um, quite a few things, but um, <laughs> uh, just God is sovereign and he does love his children and continuing to work things out for our good. So amen. just trust him in that. Amen. Yeah. yeah. Amen. What, what advice would you give Rebecca to someone who <laughs> is you know, seeking Jesus, this is a question that many people get on this, these podcast interviews, seeking Jesus, but you know, I like how you started it out, you know, they don't know what, what does that mean on fire for Jesus? And you know, how do they, it, it can get so confusing with religion and, you know, relationship with Jesus. What advice would you give to someone that is seeking Jesus, but doesn't really know what that looks like yet? Mm. Wow, that's a loaded question. <laughs> um, I really am. Uh, I, I'm actually reading a book right now. Um, I'm actually doing the 75 day challenge. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. It it's does, this yeah. crazy thing. I'm doing yeah. the 75 day medium challenge because I cannot do the hard. It's too much. So I'm 51. So I'm like, I have to do the menopause version. So just <laughs> saying that, um, yeah. and I really am saying that to, to be kind to myself because I'm not 20 anymore. And I do love Absolutely. working well with it. Yep. But I'm, I've, I've been reading um, a book called uh, Not the Religious Type. Um, mm-hmm. It's actually, I can't remember who wrote it, but I'm reading it right now. It's, it's, it's just really an interesting book about religion versus relationship. And it's, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a pastor who used to be an atheist, actually. But it just really got me thinking about what are we actually pursuing? And I think that people think, you know, religion is just about doing all the right things to be a good person. And honestly, it's like we, the average person on this Joe on the street, um, when they say, well, you're religious, you're a religious person because you go to church or whatever, but it's honestly, it's, I think people need to understand that it's, it, it is truly about God loving you and wanting a relationship with you mm-hmm. and that you are created to have a relationship with God mm-hmm. and we can never do enough good things yes. to be good and, mm-hmm. or to be acceptable. Mm-hmm. And my husband was just talking to me today about his, his boss was having a conversation with this kid who's like, do you ever talk to God or are you, you know, to pray? And cause I feel like I'm not worthy. And, you know, my husband's boss was like, you know, it's interesting that you should say that because, you know, we, we really aren't worthy, mm-hmm. you know, we only are worthy because Jesus died for us and, and, and 
he took the penalty for sin and and uh, we can never be we're not good we're not inherently good right we are loved where we are and our brokenness and our and our sin god loves us but he can he sees us through the blood of christ and he's and i mean what i mean by that is jesus took the penalty of our sin so that we could be acceptable to God. And I think that people get very confused with, well, I just, I just have to, you know, religion is just a lot of work, honestly, Mm -hmm. but really relationship is freedom Mm -hmm. and relationship with Christ is, is just, um, and when, I think when people start to see that they don't have to get themselves fixed and Mm -hmm. presentable to be presentable to God, there's real freedom in that. Yep. No, um, my couple of my kids struggle with addiction. Um, they've really lived a lot of worldly and worldly ways in their life. Uh, one of my, you know, my youngest struggled with addiction and he also had a baby at 18. And mm-hmm. honestly, it's like, he is really seeing that God was loving him to repentance. Mm-hmm. And he was just, and it wasn't about God saying, well, fix your life. Mm-hmm. But whenever he got that awakening of, I really see that Jesus does love me mm-hmm. and that I am, I am like on a road to destruction. Mm-hmm. His life started changing and it wasn't him trying. It was just, God was actually like making him a new person mm-hmm. and transforming him. So I think that it's just, and believe it or not, I'm going to give a plug here, but a lot of it was through the movie, um, the chosen. Oh my the gosh. Chosen. Love it. Yes. It loves it. Yes. It, it, it's weird. It's like he, he started having this huge awakening and he started watching it. He's like, I am falling in love with Jesus with this show. I cannot gosh, believe I said this. the same thing. I fell in love. Right? I said, I fell in love with Jesus even more because of I this know. show. Yeah. And, he's, and he grew up in the church. Yeah. He's heard about Jesus his whole life. He's kind of yeah. having a similar story to me, but he just was just like, I just, and he's seeing like, oh my gosh, I see how this is supposed to work together and eyes are opening. So I think it's not about just, okay, I need to go to church and I need to fix my life so that it's like, we're living like we, we actually were all sick a couple weeks ago and we were not, um, we didn't have COVID, but because everybody's worried about COVID, we stayed home and we actually watched an old sermon of Matt tuning. I don't know if you've ever seen it, I say, look it up. If you have okay. never seen it, it's one of my favorite ones he's ever preached. It was on Mother's Day of 2019, but it's about fathers. Very weird, but it was just heart. Oh my goodness. And it was really the life of the, 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 the prodigal son mm-hmm. and how he was trying to make himself acceptable to his father mm-hmm. by being a slave. And are we a slave? Are we a son? Mm. When we are trying to work our way and fix ourselves and do all the right things so that God will accept us now, let me just fix myself so I can be accepted by my father. There's where the slavery comes in. Yep. That's a slave, you know, but if you realize that you can be a son and God will love you and put his mm-hmm. arms around your dirty self, yep. you know, that's where freedom is. And that's where you are a son. Mm. So I encourage you to go watch it. It was, it's one of my favorite sermons and it's like kind of like one of those under the radar sermons that it was just a random one. It was like, it struck me. I cry every time I hear it because it's so beautiful, but it's really like living life like a son versus a slave. 
So I think that's the difference between religious and religion and relationship mm. is religion is a slavery. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like working your way up. And then the relationship is the father and the son, you know, or father and the daughter. Mm-hmm. So um, it's, I don't want to simplify it, but it is simple. So um, we overcomplicate it, right? Yeah, we, we do, do as humans. Yep. Because we, we want to do all the right things. Yeah. But, you know, those things come later. That's a byproduct of living your life for the Lord. Yeah. And if you decided, I just, I just, my son came home in the middle of his sin, in the middle of his messed up life. He just was in his car and he goes, I just need Jesus. Mm. You know, and God met him where he was. Mm-hmm. And that, that is not doing all the right things. That's just having, that's just confessing with your mouth. Like mm-hmm. can't do this anymore. Yeah. I need, I need help and I need, I need God, you know? So I think it's realizing it's the depravity. It's just realizing the depravity of your heart and that we really are, we are really like fallen short Mm. and we, we cannot, we can never work our way up Mm -hmm. to, to God's favor just by working harder. You know, it's by grace. And I think, I grew up in the Nazarene church, which is a evangelical church, but it's, um, I never heard about grace my whole life. Mm -hmm. And it was more about just God is, I never heard this, but it was kind of all around me. Like God's just going to bang you over the head with a bat. Mm -hmm. If you messed up and Mm -hmm. you better watch out because I hope you're not in sin when you like, um, and then you die in a car accident, you know, whole stuff, a lot of fear. Mm -hmm. So I never heard about grace most of my life, even though I grew up in a good church, Mm -hmm. um, I'd never heard about grace. So I think grace, um, is, is that, that love and acceptance God gives mm-hmm. you in the middle of your, of your, of your broken heart of your broken life, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, it's something that we have a hard time understanding and wrapping our heads around. Absolutely. <laughs> and, yep. you know, it's like, we're still trying to understand it. So if that helps, <laughs> that absolutely helps. Yeah. Absolutely. this was so good thank you for sharing tonight and oh oh, this was this was amazing would you um would you mind praying us out yeah definitely lord thank you so much Mm -hmm. um for this beautiful time uh lena and uh just thank you for your grace thank you for your goodness thank you for the work you've done on the cross that we don't have to live as slaves but we can live as as sons and daughters in your family, that we are accepted. I pray that you would just continue to, to just do the work um, from this podcast, that you would reach thousands of people through this, that you would just go before Lena as she finds more and more people to, um, to reach really your gospel and, and uh, the ways that you are drawing people to yourself. I pray you use this this podcast to, to reach the, the lost souls in our lives. Right. Yeah. I just pray God that you would just bless her. Um, thank you for loving us. Thank you for just your beautiful handiwork and, and your sovereignty and how you bring everything together in perfect ways. I just praise you. And I, I pray bless Lena and her children just continue to work through her work through, um, this, this work she's doing and just give her lots of, of, uh, ideas and creativity 
and people just pounding down her door to do this. And I, I just pray you just, just continue to lead her. And I just thank you for everything you're doing in our lives. And um, just be with us tonight. We just pray all these things in your name. Amen. 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 Amen.